Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. This is episode number 38. I'm your host, Eric Clark, and today is November 17th, two days before the Wisconsin Gun Deer opener. And uh, I just got done doing one of those Facebook Live things to try to get some some callers to or listeners to call into the show, and uh, I'll get to those later on in the episode Basically, you're going to hear where everyone's going and what they're bringing, and I'm really excited about all of it. I can't flip and wait for, I mean, it's tomorrow. We're going to be leaving up to to go um, to Prairie du Chien to do some hunting on public land, and uh, Saturday, I just just can't wait. That feeling of walking into the woods for the first time um, with your gun... I don't know. It's just like, it's like magic. It's like magical. It's anything can happen. It's still pretty much the rut from what it seems like. Um, you know, especially with the advent of social media, you can really get a feel for what's going on in different parts of the state and the country. And then, um, you know, we're going to have a lot of wind and the temperatures are going to just plummet. They're just going to skydive downward, um, by almost 20 to 30 degrees from what it looks like. So I think anything can happen and I'm very excited. I'm also very excited about the the uh, app is finished and, and done and ready for downloading, and uh, we've been getting a ton of downloads. So hopefully that means it'll be more functional than ever before so you can actually see where other people are and navigate away from them and around them. Um, keep track of your hunting party, which is a great feature. So I'm excited as a user as well as uh, the guy that, that created this thing, but um, I'm really excited as a user, and I, I, I think that it's going to be really valuable. But um, that said... We're going to go ahead and I'm, we always say we, it's so interesting. It's just, uh, it's just me. Um, but, uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring on the guests of the week. We, uh, talked about the, um, changes for the 2016 gun deer season. So I had Carrie Zilka on as a guest. She is the host of the hunt fish travel podcast among a few others. And she is the co-founder of the outdoor podcast channel, which I am part of. So if you haven't heard of them or her, go to the outdoorpodcastchannel.com and check that out. There's all sorts of great podcasts on there. Um, Bow Dudes, uh, Big Buck Registry, Up North Journal, Hunt Fish Travel, um, Take Aim Outdoors. There's just a slew of great um, personalities from the outdoor industry that are a part of that network. So check that out. That's the end of my plug. I'll go ahead and bring Carrie on as the guest, and then we'll get in some live calls. Welcome to the show. We have with us our guest of the week, Carrie Zilka. Hi, Carrie. How you doing? Hi, everybody. And uh, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie, you were with um, what I think when I first found you or, or discovered you or whatever through the podcasting world. It was a wild world of Carrie Z, but things have changed, right? 
they have. About two years ago, I rebranded to Hunt Fish Travel. It's much more SEO friendly. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. And so your your podcast covers. So so folks, if you're listening, that are listening, um, Carrie is. Uh, you're part. Are you part owner of the Outdoor Podcast Channel? Okay. I am one of the original co-founders. Co-founders. There we go. So I'm part of that network. So Carrie's kind of like my yeah. boss. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like your slave. Yeah. <laughs> oh, on my podcast, darn it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. So Carrie and I, um, we, we went with the whole group of us, the Outdoor Podcast Channel peeps, to the ATA this past January, which feels like a year ago because it almost was. And that was a ton of fun. So again, if you're for those that are listening, Carrie Zilka is, um, in my opinion, um, one of the great podcasters in the hunting community. If you haven't heard of her, you have to check her out and and let this be a resume for her. She'll we're gonna be talking today about the uh, regulations for this year's gun opener and gun season. Yeah. Well, thanks for the kind words. That's fun. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember when I, and it's so funny because I think Shane, um, who I do the Wildernet with, and by do, I should say did, because we haven't done one in forever. Yeah. Um, he's like, have you ever heard this Carrie Zilka? She's got a really good podcast. I was like, no, let's, let's hear it. And I was in his car and I remember we were getting on the freeway and I was like, wow, this is a really good show. <laughs> and then I was hooked. Oh, that was funny. What was that? Um, not in a tree with Terry Z because yeah, I remember yeah. you guys were originally going to call it up in a tree and I was like I don't tree stand hunt and you're like oh that's right. all right not in a tree. Yeah, that was a good one that was fun yeah, that was so funny. I've been on your podcast a couple of times you've been on the Wildernet podcast yeah. but this is your first time on the Where to Hunt podcast so I'm excited I think I'm more excited I think it just hit me I'm actually pretty darn excited I... <laughs> so, well, we'll cool. have a good time I think so you talked with someone from the DNR yesterday who did you talk with I did Kevin Wallenfang, who's been on your show and been on my show, and is very, very new media friendly, which I very much appreciate. I think um, anyone who embraces the outdoor podcast is a good guy in my book. So he came on last night, and we just kind of talked about some of the new regulations and some of his thoughts on the upcoming gun season and some of the numbers from last and how many licenses were sold, how many deer were taken, and the numbers kind of blew me away. Did you know that we, last year, we sold, like, I think it was 613,000 deer licenses just for the gun season? Yeah, that is crazy. I remember that because I did an episode last year around the same time yeah. called The Blaze Orange Army because we're, like, the sixth yeah. largest army in the world as far as people that carry rifles in the state that purchase deer licenses. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just, it's amazing to me how many people in Wisconsin hunt. Yeah. And he said we had um, people from every single state and like, I forget how many, I want to say like 20 different countries or something, like a bunch of com- different foreign countries as well, which I think is pretty cool. I think that the Department of Tourism in Wisconsin really does a really great job promoting us as a destination. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think you're right about that. And there's there are a lot of people flocking, you know, from the bordering states into our state to hunt, especially Illinois. Yeah. At least I think. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any factual data to back that up, but I'm pretty sure Illinois people come up here quite a bit for <laughs> hunting. So, you know, I know I some of us go down too. there too, from what I've heard. So it doesn't sound like Illinois yeah. is that terrible of hunting. 
<laughs> no, definitely a good time down there. <laughs> um, well, that's that's interesting. So that is a lot of that is a lot of folks. I wonder if this number or this year the numbers are going to be beating that. I don't know. It'll be interesting. It just I don't, there's some states that don't have as many people in it as we saw. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, what about Texas? Like, they're huge, right? D- does everyone in Texas hunt? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we have more hunter per capita or something like that. Oh, it'd be interesting to see how many hunting license deer, say, fall deer hunting licenses are sold per state. It'd be interesting to see the breakdown. I'm sure Michigan will give us a run for our money. Oh yeah, yeah, those Michiganders. But I, I was trying I to figure know. out how many of those 600 some odd people, 600,000 some odd people actually um, got a buck last year and, and where they came from. And I think the DNR site actually has some of that data reported, but it's not like a cumulative yeah. number. You got to do some, you got to get all your calculator and figure yeah. some stuff out, but it does break it down by County yeah. and by antler, antler tag and antlerless tag. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. I, so, but... and the, so like to, our DNR is super friendly and helpful when it comes to even just sending that information over, like, in a spreadsheet. Because every year I do articles, and they've always been super helpful with getting me the data. They're very generous in their data sharing. Yeah, which is shocking. Like, holy crap. you think they'd want to hoard that, but I guess not. I don't know. So, and that, it's like one of those things I try to use that, that well, at least the, the deer tag kind of data, I like to figure out, well, where are all the bucks being shot? Because it's, and you can look at it, you look at it two ways, either that's where they all are and I should go hunt there, or that's where they're all not anymore or going to be because everyone's going to go there. So it's kind of like, oh, where's yep. that fine line, you know? Yeah, or which one has a lot of deer taken total and how much public land is in that county. Yeah. Well, and I think with the way they're selling the licenses, I think they're going to get a lot better reporting on that stuff because you have to purchase whether you're hunting, you know, you have to declare, oh, I'm hunting private land or I'm hunting public land. Yeah. Which. Yeah, for sure. It seems kind of frustrating because I feel like, I mean, obviously the buck tag is good anywhere in the state. Correct me if I'm wrong. And then the doe tag you have to get per county. And then if that county has it, it's either going to, they're going to have it available for public or private and you have to select that. So I'm like, oh, I can't shoot a doe in Washington, but I can in Waukesha because I didn't buy one at the beginning of the season. Now they're all sold out. Dang it. Yeah, that's a good point. Just buy a bunch right away. <laughs> yeah, well, then it's kind of like yeah. forcing like, me to hunt those, I mentioned, those counties. Yeah, I mentioned that last night, too. I was like, well, I usually, because I genuinely do. I buy like three or four tags because I hunt, because of where I live, I'm right on the border of Fond du Lac County, Dodge County, and Washington County. Oh, gosh, so depending yeah. on what section of the Kettle Morning Forest or even the terrestrial marshes into two different counties or whatever. And then if I want to go just up the road for me in, in Washington County. So I need a tag for all three counties depending on where I'm going to go. Two of them obviously probably won't even get filled, but... I guess, and I guess it's better to have to spend that $10 on an extra go tag than be mad as I'm driving there and be like, dude, I don't have a tag for this county. Right. Then you're thinking, oh, I better see a freaking buck, <laughs> you know? like Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to do anything unethical ever. Like, I'm thinking, well, I'm pretty close to the Walker County border. I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. I know. You know. I know. 
I know, because one time you do it, it's the one time you get caught. Exactly, and that that fear, it's like, oh my God, fear in America, yep. darn it, I can't, I can't get away with those things. Someone else probably could get away with that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like the epitome of, you will never get away with anything. Yep. Your particular demographic. <laughs> well, and then and if I if I do do it, then it's like, well, maybe I'll get away with it, but my conscience will never let me down, so eventually I'll turn myself in anyways, because I'll feel like an asshole. I'm like, <laughs> Okay, well, I should probably turn myself in. No one caught me yet. I feel horrible. <laughs> I know. So before I hit the record so button, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say before I hit the record button, we were talking a little bit about what's changed this year for the for the gun season, and it seems like not that much has really changed. No, the only really big change is the fact that you have to print out your own tags now, you know, license. So, which, I don't know, in some ways, I will, I do miss, like, a really durable green tag, because I beat the snot out of my stuff all the time. However, I'm pretty sure last year alone, I spent $40 in reprinted licenses, because I lose them all the time. I just do. I get the patient license, so I get a big packet of it in, like, April. <laughs> so I can't right. find then, anything when you, I need and then, it. And then it comes time to bust it out and you're like oh yeah. my god I put it somewhere where I thought it was going to be a great idea it turns out it wasn't so great right? because I overthought it exactly <laughs> I'm like I thought I put it in with my hunting stuff I didn't well I thought I put it in with the bills no it's not there either where do you put it on the fridge no it's not there oh I guess I'm going to have pay the $10 to have it reprinted yeah well so, so the, this way I can just print it out myself which so I don't have a printer we have one but it's a piece of crap because every printer is a piece of crap because they're made cheaply unless you buy a commercial grade printer you just get crap so we don't have a printer right now or haven't for a while so i'm like how am i gonna print this crap off can i just show them on my smartphone what's the damn difference and then so i'll have to be able to tag the deer though yeah so that that's just it so then i i just went to fedex kinkos and had it printed because it was just whatever oh, so yeah i'm like this is stupid already i'm like just gross i'm like this is stupid <laughs> yeah but you want to have to go to like cabela's or walmart and have it printed out anyway yeah. Well, I'm thinking then I'm like, well, man, maybe I should have just got it laminated too, because now it's been sitting in my little pack and it's all yeah. crumply and weird. And I think it's probably a little bit wet. And I'm like, this looks like crap. And one of the regulations I just read on the DNR's website, they have a, a you know, the PDF printout of the regulations book. It says, this is so weird. While a field, it is illegal to possess more than one copy of a carcass tag. I'm like, what? I, probably, I should have multiple in multiple spots just in case I lose one somewhere. So if I if you catch me with more than one, that's illegal? I thought that was kind of strange. Because well, are they thinking you're going to tag more than one deer? Well, Kevin brought that up last night because he was like, you know, you can print out multiple and have them all over. And I thought that it said in the regulations that you couldn't. I don't, I'm assuming maybe they just aren't that strict. Like if you have one in your glove box and you have one with you in case it gets all muddy and destroyed, I highly doubt it. I, I do think that that's maybe just to caution people from printing out 10 of them and then tagging 10 does or yeah, something. Yeah, that makes more sense. But, thinking about it that way, yeah. like, oh, I'm going to print off five and you know, I'll, just, I'll just tag five deer. <laughs> they're never going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I wonder how many people they're going to they're gonna catch doing weird things like that because there are a lot of people that aren't very ethical, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, it's just how it is. I know. Well, and I was kind of like him and I, well, we weren't arguing, but I expressed my displeasure at the whole 
um, call-in check-in thing or online check-in thing, and he was like, really? How many people do you think are doing bad things, are going to report it, or are going like, to... I'm like, oh, yeah, good point. She's like, they're going to be on the down low. We'll never, ever know it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, right. Yeah, if you think back to previous years, and if you didn't take it to registration straight station, well, that's hard to say, registration station. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you just didn't do that, then you didn't do that, and then you were doing something illegal. So if you're not going to call on your deer, you're going to do those bad things anyways, just like you know, gun control. You know, the people that yeah. want to get guns are going to get guns. You know, they, criminals are yeah. going to find a way to, to do something bad, sadly. Yeah, and he pointed out, most of Wisconsinites are good people. We're very, I mean, people come here from other states and they're like, I can't believe how freaking friendly you guys here all are. I'm like, we're very good people here in Wisconsin compared to other states especially. <laughs> I thought that until I went to Tennessee and I was like, who are you? You guys are really nice. <laughs> what? <laughs> I felt mean being yeah, from Wisconsin. Yeah, Tennessee is there. really nice people. Arkansas is really nice people, too. And Missouri has some really nice people, too. Interesting. Total aside. I have not run into one mean person in Arkansas yet. So. See, isn't that? So, so my perspective of that, because it's such a blanket statement, like, oh, everyone's nicer. But this is what I mean. So literally every single, like, restaurant we went to or a retail shop, it seemed like everybody was breathing in pure oxygen. I couldn't understand how people that were at work were so happy to do their job, even the basic jobs. I'm like, people here are just terrible, especially in the basic jobs. You go to get a breakfast sandwich at McDonald's and they'll bite your head off if you say, can I get some more, blah, blah, blah. But down there, like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to get that for you. Why don't you hang right on and I'll be right back, sweetie. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is going on down here? But people in Wisconsin are, yeah, we, we, we hold doors and we, you know, we talk to the people that we call in the wrong number and we do weird things like that. So we're, we're pretty nice. Yeah, we do. So what else is going on with these regulations? I'm just kind of perusing this here. Not much else, really, honestly. I asked him what he thought about the whole blaze pink stuff and he was really, really, it's kind of a moot point. Nobody really cares. Yeah. People people try to care about things that are, are like what, why why does that actually why do you actually care about that? Right, exactly. It's just such a moot point. It's whatever. I like if some guy's out with his with his daughter, you know, and she wants her blaze pink. Are you really gonna go, you know, blast her for it? Yeah. You know, that's just not that's not real. You're not gonna do that. No one should do that. Yeah. But well, can, like I told him, like I have all this blaze orange downstairs. Blaze orange is expensive, a couple hundred dollars for like a full suit or a jacket yep. and. I got this for you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go to flea farm and buy a bunch of blaze pink right. for the three days a year that I'm going to wear it. My blaze orange will last me thirty years. I think that it it might be a good way to attract a lot of new hunters. I mean, you're you're pretty big in the. I mean, the fact that you're a huntress, and I know I, mm-hmm. I think you support or are a proponent of a couple things in that kind of light. Do you do you hear from anybody in your audience that that says like, hell yeah, I'm gonna go buy some blaze pink. I don't want to get into this no, stuff. No. It's not driving them no, into hunting. Honestly, kind of almost the opposite. I've had a couple of girls who have said, I had two different young girls who I was kind of surprised that they, and they both expressed the same sentiment. They want to be like dad. We don't want to be the girl in camp. It's awkward enough. As a female in most male camps, mm-hmm. it's awkward enough without putting a freaking pink bow on my head. And especially when you're like 12, you're uber awkward. And 
wearing a bunch of blaze pink just kind of makes you stand out amongst everybody else. It literally sets you apart from everybody else. Right. And both of these girls were like, I just, I want to be like dad. I want to wear orange. I want to wear camel. I want to wear pink. I want to be like my dad. I want to be like one of the guys. That's so, cool. That's a cool way. To see, it freaked me out a little bit because I'm yeah. thinking if I was a girl and I'm not, <laughs> so I just, I don't know how girls think, but I, I don't know that I'd be comfortable with my daughter or my wife or, or, you know, uh, my younger sisters in the woods wearing blaze pink, pretty much signaling every other male that's out there that, Hey, I'm a girl and I'm over here. Yeah. I think that's a little well, creepy cause just cause yeah. you, can't, you can't trust what's out there sometimes, especially in some really dense forests like the Nicolay or something. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I've had experiences on public land where I was very nervous with a bunch of guys, you know, and they, to, like you said, to just wear a bunch of pink out there and just advertise the fact that I am a female right. hunting alone in the middle of nowhere, probably not the safest, smartest thing to do. I mean, the other side of that is you do have a, a weapon. You're, you are armed. <laughs> so, that, so, but so are they, but either yeah. way. But no, that, Unfortunately, that's going to be a little eerie. Unfortunately, guys, you're screwed. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like, it's really, somebody can sneak up behind you. There's so many opportunities. Just It's just one more thing to set you to put a, a bullseye on your back. Yep. Yep. I, I agree. So I'm, I'm, I wonder if we'll see any of that this weekend. Just, well. I don't know. It will be interesting. I, I, I am not anybody who wants to wear freaking more power to you. Heck yeah. I think yeah. it's great. Heck yeah. No, no judging. I think I would have. I would have gotten more behind. I honestly would have been their freaking cheerleader if the reason that they had introduced this bill was because Blaze Pink was more visible than Blaze Orange. Like, if it was a legitimate safety reason or a mm-hmm. legitimate reason like that, I'd have been the biggest cheerleader for it. But yeah, that's definitely not it. But I think, you know, it's, it is yeah. as unique as Orange, I guess, but whatever. It's It is. Yeah. yeah. And it does. It's supposed to be as great and as visible the only reason they did it was for marketing not because yep yep it was a huge point it's all those you know? all those katniss all those katniss lovers out there that's a real I'm trend i'm telling you right now katniss would be like i ain't trying to wear no pink oh shit right she'd be like uh no i'm gonna wear black <laughs> <laughs> exactly I'd start myself on fire there's my blaze yeah yeah <laughs> um i mean it's whatever it is what it is I wonder, did you ask Kevin, so you and I talked the other day, and I'm wondering, so one, one rule that I don't see listed in the what's new, but it's an old rule, and it, I was talking to someone else about it too, because now, now it's like on the top of my mind. Uh, a friend of mine actually did get a ticket for leaning his gun against, in, at the time it was his four-wheeler rack. He said he just had to take a pee real quick, so he set it there while he peed, and sure enough, a ranger drove by, and he got a ticket for resting his gun on, a, on an automobile or, or you know, vehicle. I forgot to ask him. Yeah. And, and that wasn't recent, though. It was years back. So I'm going, now I'm confused still. I still don't remember what to do. <laughs> so I, no matter what, I never lean it on the truck because I'm thinking, I don't even want to chance it. It's the most awkward yeah. thing because I think you can. So any listeners that hear this, um, and, and hopefully you'll, you'll pipe up and, and say something about it. But if you know, point us in the right direction, share a link on you know the Facebook page, one of ours or something, and let us know. Exactly. I'm pretty sure it's legal. Like I said, my dad and I have that argument every year where he's like, you can't do it. I'm like, yes, you can. And he's like, no, you can't. I'm like, yes, you can. So funny. So funny. I don't know. But I don't yeah, want to like, go on record saying you can right now. I know. <laughs> huh? 
how much how much was the ticket for him do you remember i don't know he didn't tell me it was just in passing conversation and i i don't know that would have been a great question but i'm sure it wasn't cheap because at that point when it was illegal man they could have confiscated his car his gun everything yeah i think it sounded like they they just they like kind of worked with him based on the situation it was kind of a situational thing but Nonetheless, and they still were being a-holes by giving him the damn ticket. It's like, well, if it's situational, then why give it to me at all, you know? Come on, that's an honest, honest mistake. Yeah. It's not like someone's out there trying to trying to poach, you know, or shoot from a freaking car, but whatever. It's kind of weird. Yeah, totally. I tell you. I don't know. I think... So, then, do you have big plans? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, do you have big plans for this weekend? Do you know where you're going to go? Got it all scoped out? Uh, we'll do, we're leaving on Friday morning around eight or nine, somewhere in that general window of time. And then, um, I got a playlist ready to go. It's, it's a lot of like Led Zeppelin and Joe Bonamassa and like kind of gritty, you know, blues with, you know, huge guitar riffs. So I'm really excited for that. It's like tradition. We have the same CD we put in every darn year. (laughs) And then, uh, we're just going to, I think we're going to get to the park, which is, um, in Prairie du Chien. It's a state park and we're going to scout around and we already know the area really we've been hunting for so long, but it's just kind of a fun thing to walk through the woods and remember this tree, remember that story, da, 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 da. And we kind of stand there and, you know, kind of joke around and make sure everything still looks good. And, and then, uh, yeah, we check in at the cabin and have ourselves a night, wake up and get at it. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. yeah what about you? I have no idea yet. Yeah. I keep, <laughs> I keep bouncing back and forth. I do. Because I have, I don't know, like I could drive a half, an hour up north of me to Teresa where there aren't a lot of people but I really have to walk east and there is a spot close to me close to my house like only five minutes away but it's just like a hiking trail through there so I don't know people you know there's you always run that risk of people coming walking through their dogs or whatever yep I might hunt there in the morning and then head out maybe Teresa Marsh like in the afternoon or there's a couple spots out near Columbus are you familiar with that area at all? Um, only only vaguely. But not I've never hunted out yeah. there. It's pretty nice out there. Um there are several like big state natural areas out there that are really, really nice. And like a lot of acreage. So I think Peter Helen is out there. I remember correct. Paradise Marsh is out there too. And I've hunted both of those with good success. Not great success, but that was where where have you had the most success out of the two spots you're considering? Um, probably. Hmm, that's a good question because I think I've taken. Let's see, I've taken three goes out of Paradise Marsh, and I think two out of Peter Holland. So, probably Paradise Marsh. It's smaller, but it's a good spot. I I always just think that gun hunting is such a traditional thing that people go away for it. And I don't know if your destination is uh, the place where people do go, like, as they're away. Like, they might be coming from Illinois, and that could be, yeah, we're here, you know. Um, yeah. I just wonder how hard it'll be hunted because it's a little bit more local than, you know, a lot of people shoot up north or whatever. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. We usually go. We used to always go out to Baraboo. Um, well, out to Sox City out there, to the state natural areas out there. Yep. Baxter's Hollow and... Pine Hollow and all that, and you used to have to enter a lottery to get the to get the permission to hunt 
on the SNAs, and, that, and then they opened it a couple of years ago, and now it's just a cluster. Yeah, that sucks. We, we, my dad and I have done that for both seasons. We've entered into different conservancy drawings, and we've actually had a lot of luck with it. We've been pulled like a couple of years consecutively, even. And uh, I, I imagine if they open it up, yeah, it'd just be it'd just be littered, you know. I think the, the nice thing about that kind of access, and it, and it would, if we had it, we'd have it for a gun also. Um, is that I think they only allowed for the one property like three people to access it. So. Yeah. That was pretty cool. You felt like, oh, yeah, this is like my plot of land. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. You know, just for that year, though. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think Baxter's Hollow was only, only a couple hundred people that they allowed on there. I mean, it's thousands of acres. But now it's like, literally, like, there's no room to park. You're walking like half a mile in because every possible place to park along the road and on the park and stuff are full. Man, that's crazy. At that point, you're just yeah. not going to, you just feel like downtrodden. You're not going to see any deer. But I mean, I remember going to water, I remember going up to, um, you know, uh, Crivets in, in the Phelps area in the Nicolay when I was first starting to hunt with my dad. And I mean, there were trucks all over the place. I mean, these, there was blaze everywhere. Yeah. And, and we would just go down logging roads further and we'd walk further and we'd get further away from people. And it took a lot of effort to do that, but we did it and we got deer. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just a matter of getting away from the people because most of these guys, they're, like, so lazy. They go in 100 yards. It's a lot for them. Yeah, and I know a lot of those types of guys. They're the guys that, you know, they're going up there for the party more than the hunting, and they're like, whatever, I just want to get a dip, and I want to freaking drink some beer, and I'm going to be hungover. I'm going to walk 10 feet in the woods, and I'm going to take a nap, (laughs) and then I can say I hunted. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. (laughs) I wish I could be that guy. It'd be a lot less stressful worrying about trying to actually get a damn deer, you know? Not a care in the I world. used to kind of, I used to in the early 30s, I used to go up to um, my dad's friend's house, and there was a bunch of us that went up there, and the first couple of years we were, we were really serious, and then it just kind of turned into, like, just a big drunk fast, and a couple of years, like, two or three years, and I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore, and I stopped going up there, because I was just like, I just, I want to do my own thing, it was just too much, Cause I, and it was genuinely, I wanted to go to the bar side. Because I saw them only once a year. I would have some drinks and mm-hmm. stuff. But I almost like needed to stay away from them because I wanted to party with them. <laughs> you guys, so I kind of like to, you know. I can't want to do this anymore. I also want to hunt. I know. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. Like, I'm like, I literally need to not, to not go up here by you guys. Because I have no self-control. <laughs> At 99 cent staffers. <laughs> I, I I feel like I don't until I start drinking, and then my body's like, well, you could probably just coast from now on. I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna keep drinking. And everyone's like, what's wrong? I'm like, well, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm where I need to be. I don't need to get across that line. The shots will be the problem. I tell you. Yeah. Well, okay. So as far as the the registration, I think we were talking about that real briefly. Um, you can call it in. You can go to the Go Wild website, and can you also do it from the Pocket yeah. Ranger app or no? I don't believe you can do it from the app. Man, I wish you could. Oh, well. But I think their website, if you have reception, works really well. And if you don't have reception, where yeah. you're going to be, you're going to want to make sure that you have that number programmed in your phone ahead of time so you can just simply call it in so you don't have to worry about it then. But you have, like, what, 24 hours to do it from the time you got the deal? Yeah. Yes. And there are actually 200 check-in stations across the state. We have hunters who don't have phones and whatnot, like Amish folks who... Sure, who yeah, so you still have to have in. them. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So I think that's fun. I really want to go to the check-in stations just because I love going to the check-in stations and I want to see people's beers and stuff. Well, I like that too. I mean, <laughs> and I always like, you know, get, get walking in there and getting some more beef jerky or cheese or whatever. Of course, cheese, uh, you know, Wisconsin, but. Yeah. So that, that's, I think that's the biggest thing that, I think that's kind of what was bumming me out more than anything else is it's always so fun and it would always be super fun like as a girl to walk up there like with one of the bucks. And I've never shot a huge, huge buck. Like the biggest that I've taken was a, a medium, like, I don't know, two and a half year old, three year old, mm-hmm. uh, eight point. Nothing super monster or anything. But, you know, going to the freaking quick trip or whatever it was and, you know, all the guys were like all in class. And it was just fun. You know, you get a bunch of high fives. Stuff, and then yeah, well, yeah, and you get to see deer that you're like, whoa, fun. you know, look at that freaking thing. You know, yeah. my gosh. It's kind of, I don't know, it's, exactly. it is cool. But then, um, think, oh, go ahead. See, we're both, we're both show hosts. Oh. So this, we, <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> we no, I just, I just think that I'll kind of miss that a little bit. That's all. Yeah, it is a little, let's be different. But I think, you know, like, I don't know, at least where we hunt, we're instead of state park. So we, we see a lot of guys pulled over and stuff. And a lot of times people always stop and chat and I'm always a little protective of my spot, even though I shouldn't be. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, where'd you shoot it? And I shot him in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get him back there? No, no. I, I drove up the road to this spot to trick you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I got him back there. Yeah. It's, it's a good spot. We've been hunting for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I always kind of joke around, but that's funny. We'll get a little bit of that camaraderie, camaraderie that way. But if you do want to register on their website, it says it's the easiest and the fastest. It's uh, gamereg.wi.gov. I'll use you that. Or you can call 844-GAME-REG. And that's always tricky. It used to be tricky on the Blackberries, but now I think you can still see the, the letters on the numbers, which sounds kind of weird. Yeah. But it's 844-426-3734. And then you can just do it over the phone. I've never done it, so I don't know what kind of. They probably just ask you some questions, and you hit some buttons and go through your process. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Antler list. Yeah, I don't know. Time, date, whatever. I didn't get one last year, so I'm not sure. Right. Yeah. Same. I've been on a five year. <laughs> I was on a five year hot streak until I met my wife, and I haven't gotten one since. And she's sick of me saying that, and I say it all the time. But holy crap! I got to get a deer for her sake and mine. No kidding. I usually get at least a doe every year, but this last year I got nothing. Yeah. I saw deer last year. They were just too far moving. You know, you just see the little shapes yep. moving through the trees. I'm like, damn it. Come out <laughs> so I can shoot oh, you. No. Smart little <laughs> buggers. So, all right. Well, that's that's cool. Um, that's all yeah. I want to talk about. It's just kind of some of the stuff about gun hunting and have you on the show. Where can people find you, Carrie? They can find me. Well, you can just Google my name, C-A-R-R-I-E-Z-Y-L-K-A. You can search for Hunt Fish Travel, all one word, or separately. It all comes up. Find me on Twitter, at Carrie's Local. You can find me on Google Plus, LinkedIn, Tumblr, StumbleUpon, Facebook, everywhere. You are everywhere. You're literally everywhere. Wow. I am literally everywhere. There's no social... I'm on, like, freaking Russian social media platform. I am everywhere. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm only in three places. I think I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and LinkedIn. But that doesn't—I don't—I don't know. It's just different, you know. Yeah. Well, because I have all three, the three different podcasts, I use a lot of the different social media platforms for different things. Like LinkedIn is really just for my writing podcast and my writing stuff, or like um, 
SoundCloud is really only for my Metal Chick podcast, and Twitter is, well, I have an account for, like, my Metal Chick podcast. I have one for me, just regular me. So, I mean, I use all the different platforms totally differently. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's cool that you say so that because they all should be used differently, but that's a whole other topic. We could totally talk yeah. about that. But, uh, yeah. well, thanks. I know. <laughs> yeah, I could go on for a while. That, that's my background, so I love all that stuff. But, all right. Well, cool. I, I will, um, we'll call it, we'll call it a, a, a show. And I think it was a good one. I try right. to keep them under a half yeah. hour if I can. And sometimes it goes well, sometimes yep. it goes over. But, cool. Thanks, cool. Carrie. Good luck this weekend. All right. Yeah, you too. Hope you get one. Me too. Got to break my, my cold streak right. here. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Good luck deciding where you're going to go and good luck when you get there. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Looking for a spot to hunt? Download the free Where to Hunt app for your smartphone today. Avoid hunters, see less people, see more deer. With the Where to Hunt app, you will know where other hunters are before you see them. Just search Where to Hunt from the App Store to download today. All right, tip of the week. I don't know, tip of the week. Uh, what should it be? Well, the tip of the week, I think um, it might be a little fitting to try to understand the wind because I think it's going to be a pretty windy um, gun hunt, at least on Saturday for sure. And there's a long-held belief that hunting whitetails in the wind is a waste of time. Um but it's, you know, that's subjective. It's from anecdotal evidence from hunters that don't see that many deer when the wind's blowing. But that can't be completely true. Um, so, uh, like I said in our Facebook Live thing that I did earlier, um, for anybody that caught that that's also listening to this, my dad had sent me three text messages in a row, uh, different articles um, about hunting the wind. And this one that I'm going to refer to here is from OutdoorLife.com. And it says, science disproves um, that hunting the wind is a waste of time. It says, in, in a seven-year study, so over the course of seven years, scientists at the Samuel Roberts Noble Foundation in Oklahoma found that there was very little change in the distance traveled by whitetails as a function of wind speed. Um, for this study, deer were fitted with GPS collars, and their movement was monitored every 15 minutes throughout the spring, summer, and winter. This happened for seven years. Whitetails tend to move most at sunrise and sunset. We all know that. And the evidence from the Noble Foundation verifies that deer activity was highest at these times, regardless of wind speed or direction. So wind speed isn't, deer don't suddenly say, I'm not going to go do what I was going to do. So wind affected deer movement in only a few instances. And in fact, temperature, barometric pressure, and humidity all played a more significant role in deer movement than the wind did. Um, that's not to say wind didn't affect the pattern of deer movement in the Oklahoma experiment changes in the weather affected deer movement more during non-peak periods than they did during normal hours of what is this word? Crep, crepuscular, <laughs> that'll trip you up, uh, movement, but by and large deer were moving at dawn and dusk, regardless of wind speed. This indicates that the old age deer stop moving during periods of wind is for the most part false deer are moving. You just have to know where to find them. So rethink their habitat preferences. They live simple lives. They're habitual creatures. They, they're pattern-driven. Um, find food, water, avoid predators, reduce and minimize environmental stresses. That's what they live for. Um, now, that, that goes into a much deeper topic of how to actually hunt deer, but wind limits a deer's ability to detect predators. 
but perhaps more important, fighting heavy winds increases deer's stress and caloric output when they are foraging and traveling. Therefore, in periods of high wind, deer change their pattern of movement to minimize their exposure to the elements and predators. So interesting. So hunters can capitalize on this tendency by focusing on areas that are sheltered from strong winds, particular areas in your bedding area, bedding sites. Um, in such cases, high winds may actually be a benefit if the hunter has scouted ahead of time. And I think for gun season specifically, because it's so traditional, I, I think a lot of people have the spot, you know, their, their private land or even the public land. They know where they're going to a degree. Um, I know the park that we hunt. I know it. I know the whole park. I know, I know every, not every nook and cranny, but I know a lot of it very, very well. Um, some parts better than others. So, um, tip of the week, maybe abandon the stand, um, and just, just have high hopes for the wind. Don't, don't suddenly go, oh, it's I'm screwed. And I mentioned this on the, on the, um, one of the live broadcasts the other day too. And someone's like, you know, wind could really be great. Um, another article here from fieldandstream.com says a stiff breeze is a kiss of death for hunting on most days. Um, says Tim Wal- Walsme, who saw 22 bucks on a recent high wind hunt. But during the rut, I make sure I'm in the woods on a blustery day. Big deer will be moving. There's a chaos theory that they talk about. Um, why would rocking wind get bucks rolling? I don't claim to understand it completely, admits Walsme. Um, an Illinois bow hunter with a wall full of trophies. But he has a couple of ideas. First, high winds typically usher in a cold front. Check. We got that happening. Um, following hot weather, offering physical relief for deer. Second, pre-estrus does. Tired of being harassed by bucks, figure that they can escape their suitors more easily when wind covers their movement and noise. So they're up and about. Bucks start catching whiffs of doe scent all over and run around trying to find the females. This builds on itself until you get a kind of chaos. So again, if you're not excited about this weekend as a deer hunter, um, you might want to rethink if you call, if you should be calling yourself a deer hunter, but tip of the week is, um, have high hopes. There's a lot of great information about there about hunting high winds, specifically not just reading the wind, but hunting high winds. Um, another article that I'm not going to get into. It was, um, which was this grandviewoutdoors.com another one talking about how to hunt in high winds. So pretty neat stuff. I'm going to go ahead and bring our callers on. Uh, I want to thank everybody that called into the live broadcast. It's getting better and better every time. So I'm going to keep doing it. Like I said, every week, I think Tuesdays are going to be the day. So if you're listening to this and you want to be a part of the podcast and contribute content, um, every week I'll be asking the audience a question and you just simply have to call in the number to call in during those times is two, six, two, seven, three, seven, five, zero, zero, one. And that'll be on Tuesdays. And I will create a Facebook event to announce the exact time of those live broadcasts to uh, have you, the listeners, call in to, sh- to the show to be a part of the show. But uh, here's what that sounds like. I'm going to just announce that one more time for the podcast. But welcome to Where to Hunt Podcast. You are live. Thanks for calling in. So uh, just a, a quick story um, about what to bring. Um, my dad and I were hunting up at some kind of land that, that we have up in Black River Falls, and um, he bought a black powder rifle and had never shot anything with it yet, so he was really excited about hunting with black powder. And he brought it out during gun season, not during black powder season. Hmm. Um, had two giant bucks up on the hillside that were just out of range, and this was before they allowed um, scopes on black powders. Okay. So he didn't have a scope on his black powder. 
and he had one shot, two just massive bucks on a hillside that were easily takeable with a rifle with a scope on it. Um, took the shot with his black powder and, and didn't hit anything. We looked, we didn't see any blood, didn't see any evidence of being shot. So the advice I would give um, and learn the lesson that time is hunt with whatever season it is. I'm like you. I love bow hunting. I would much rather use my bow year-round. And I've taken the bow up into the stand with me during gun season. Yep. But I never want to run into that that instance where you get that giant buck that's just out of range and you regret not having your gun with you. Yeah, I mean, that that feeling in my stomach would never go away. So I, I like I like your thought. Bring both, and then if you get one with your gun, fantastic. There's your buck tag. If you, if you haven't filled your bow tag yet, and someone else comes in a range, then just hang out, you know, with your bow. Because you know what's better than one buck is two, if you're greedy. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean, I, I'd I'd much rather hunt with the bow year round. So I bring it up with me, and if something comes in range, it's definitely going to get taken with the bow. But in that that rare instance, or that you know, you get something that's just out of range, or it's behind some sticks or something, and you don't have a good bow shot with it. Definitely bring whatever the season is that you're in right now. That's that's the advice I would give. And my dad's never lived it down. I mean, every year we talk about that one hunt oh, where man. he would have had a thirty thirty. He would have had a really nice buck on the wall. Yeah. Ah, uh, so it's funny because you get a buck on the wall, and that's a story. In this case, the absence of a buck is a story. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's a story that's where it would be. Year. That's where it'd be right there. <laughs> man. Well, thanks. For, so where are you going and what are you bringing? I'm actually, I had a buddy that um, never deer hunted before. Awesome. So he really, really wants to get out. We've been doing a lot of pheasant hunting. He's really enjoying it. Um, and this will be his first year deer hunting. Unfortunately, I have prior plans on opening day that my wife made for me. Um, <laughs> so we've got a, a friend giving going on that afternoon. But I told him that we could hunt locally on public land. Um, we're going to go to Vernon Mark and try our luck out there. Fantastic. There's how many, um, that's a lot of land out there. I don't know how many acres it is, but it is, there is a lot of land out yeah. there. Um, I've been seeing the same two does almost every weekend I go out there, um, pheasant hunting. I see them every time we're out there. Um, unfortunately, there's no rifle hunting out there within city limits of Maquanico. So I talked to the police chief to to uh, make sure that that was correct because the DNR told me that they opened up that land for rifle and any hunting, huh. but you still have to follow um, the county local regulations. Yeah. So I talked to the police chief and they said uh, shotgun only. So I will be hunting with my 12 gauge, Fantastic. and hopefully we get something. Um, I always, it's been a tradition for my dad and I for the past, you know, 10, 11 years that we've been hunting together um, to go up. After Thanksgiving dinner, we go up to Black River Falls, and we hunt the last weekend of gun season. Okay. So we'll be doing that after Thanksgiving. Super cool. Um, and then uh, opening day, I'm going to head up with a first-timer and hopefully get him something. That'd be awesome if you get something. Get him hooked, you know? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm really excited, actually. I mean, I'm almost guaranteed that when I go up to Black River, I've shot one every year for the past 10 years, so... <sighs> I'm going to let him take one if we get one out there and hopefully create, uh, create a new hunting, hunting buddy. That's yeah. I've created a couple and it's a, it's a great thing. You can never have enough. Well, maybe, maybe you could, but you know, um, I, ten year hot streak, man. I was hot for five years and then I met my, my wife and I haven't gotten one since I've known her. So 
<laughs> oh, what the hell? Funny how that What's going on with that? She's gonna be glad when I get one, so I can stop blaming her for it. <laughs> yeah, my wife. My wife always likes me to get one soon, so I can stay home. But yeah, this year has been rough. Um, I haven't seen much deer activity, even up in Black River where I normally hunt. It's been it's been slow, but during both season, they've gotten four deer already off the property. Wow. Um, two bucks and two does. My dad got one last weekend with the bow. Fantastic. And then um, I was up November 7th on my birthday. I always hunt on my birthday, and it just so happens that it's right when the rut is in full gear. Um, didn't have a shot at anything, but the deer were definitely moving. The does were spooky, and I saw a little basket six chasing a couple does around, and then um, saw the buck of a lifetime on the other guy's property. Damn it. About 100 yards away, that just didn't didn't come over. So. Wouldn't respond, huh? Well, rock on, man. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Glad to, glad to hear no from problem. you this time around. Cool. Well, All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have, have a good one. Good luck this weekend. All right, bye. Bye. Cool. Thanks, Roman. Appreciate that, man. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. You're live. Where are you going and what are you taking? And I'm taking a Winchester 270. You know what? The, the the volume was down. I didn't catch where you're going. Sorry about that. Treeville, Wisconsin. Where is that in Wisconsin? It is way up north. It's uh, it's kind of near Hayward or Spooner. All right. It's Washburn County. Rock on, man. And you're bringing the Winchester 270? Yep. Sweet. First time ever, man. Really? I think for the first time. Yep. Well, that's awesome. That means you're going to have to get something with it. That's just how it works. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how it works. I got the first time I brought my rifle. It's a, it's a Remington 7. Uh, oh, my gosh. 700 30-06, and I got I got a deer the first time I ever shot it. So. Excellent. Like, yeah, man. Well, good luck. Yeah, Thanks for I'm calling in. have beginner's luck. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Same to you, man. Rock on. Have a good night, and good luck this week, and have fun. All right. You too. Thanks. See ya. Welcome to Where to Hunt Podcast. You're live. Where are you going? What are you taking? Hello there. I am going to Adams County, and I am wearing my Where to Hunt hat. Your Where to Hunt hat. You have one of those things? Well, of course. <laughs> of course. Rock on. Thanks for calling in. What are you going to listen to? Uh, what am I going to listen to? On the, <laughs> the way up. Podcast? <laughs> oh, come on, man. You're killing me. I know who this is. You have a good time hunting up in Adams County, buddy. Thank you. Uh, good luck to yourself. Yeah, to myself. All right. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast. You're live. Where are you going? What are you taking? Remington 1100, heading out somewhere near Stone Gallery. With Roman. Rock on. All right, thanks for the call, man. Oh, it's Carl Haley, man. <laughs> awesome. Where are you going? What are you taking? Going to Shawnee County. Uh, taking a 30 out 6 and 243. Rock on. 30 out 6 all the way. I love that freaking gun. Is it bolt action? <laughs> yep. Sweet. What are you drinking? Uh, Jameson Black Barrel. Oh, oh man. You're going to have fun. That's awesome. All right, man. Have fun. Good luck. Be safe. Thank you. See ya.
All right. Thanks for another uh, awesome episode, everyone that called in. Thanks for for listening. Uh, good luck, everyone, this weekend. Have a blast. Hunt safe. And uh, you know, if you want to, if you're new to this podcast or uh, you've been listening for, for a while and you want to get some more information about where to hunt, you can go to wheretohuntapp.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wheretohunt. Uh, you can email me directly if you have any uh, tips, concerns, questions, um, or compliments about the app. Uh, you can either message me through the wheretohuntapp.com contact us page or you can email me directly at where the number two, the word hunt, wy at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback one way or the other. And it'd mean a ton to me if you could leave the uh, leave leave me a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. And by me, I mean the Where to Hunt app version 2.0. Um, thank you so much, everybody, and have a, have a great time hunting. Hunt public.